Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. <coughs> <coughs> Oh, I tell you right now, you talk about an interesting <coughs> passage of Scripture. We have it before us today. I can encourage you to pray for me uh, as I endeavor to try to preach. You should be blessed as you hear this message come forth to you today. If you pay attention, you just pray, Lord, help him. Lord, help him. Lord, help him. Your soul's going to be blessed. Because this is a very interesting passage. Now, all of us are really, we're more familiar with the names of believers in scriptures than we are with unbelievers, with one exception. And that's old Goliath. Hands down, Goliath is doubtless the most well-known heathen in the Bible. Christians and non-Christians alike are able to relate the story of what transpired in the valley of Elah centuries ago but there's much more to be noticed than simply a young shepherd who killed a giant and a seasoned warrior between the lines of the account in 1st Samuel chapter 17 are unusual principles that apply to us today as we face giants in our world and believe you me we face many a giant in our world today giants that are nothing more than dwarfs if you please when compared with the one who empowers us. That's all it is. My first point, front and center. The battleground in verses 1 through 3 
in ancient times geography played an important role in warfare because fighting was restricted to ground combat. Today we don't do much, we don't do a whole lot of that. Ground combat. But in this confrontation it's a valley, it's a canyon really, about a mile wide and located within Judah's borders in verse number 1 and separated by two mountains. One on each side in verse number 3. Down the center was a brook in verse number 40. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel, this is in verse 3, stood on a mountain on the other side. The battle focused upon two individuals representatives of each side. The champion is Goliath in verses 4 through 10 and verse number 16. And his military advantage in verse number 4, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. This Philistine military machine is what he was represented a, a, a continuous threat to Israel all they knew about him but they were afraid of him. Around 1200 B.C. iron came into use in the area and the Philistines gained a quick monopoly on the material and they forged various military weapons. The Philistines then, they became prominent fighting force in the region because of this material, iron. Goliath, his person and his weaponry, as described in verses 4 through 7, Goliath is from Gath, and he had become the Philistines' champion warrior. His height in verse number four was six cubits and a span. He was kind of tall. Can you imagine seeing a man about ten feet tall? Well, he wasn't ten feet, but he was nine and a half. about nine feet 
and nine inches, somewhere in that area. His helmet in verse number five is brass. His graves in verse number six, that is his shin guards, were made of brass. His coat of mail in verse number five weighed approximately 175 to 200, 200 pounds. You know what? That man had to be strong to carry all that armor. The shaft of his spear in verse number 7 was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed approximately 20 to 25 pounds. He had a load on him. His tactics in verses 8 through 10, he used his words as instruments of intimidation to send his enemy running in verse number 8. Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I Philistines? And you servants of Saul? Choose you out a man. Let him come down to me. Let me tell you something. Those are intimidating words. Those are scary words for a Jew. Now, this actually occurred in verse 16 twice a day for more than a month, about 40 days. Here he comes out with verse number 8. Why you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine? You soul, uh, and you the servants of Saul? Choose you out a man. Who is the man that would be willing to go out and stand in front of this man who's about almost 10 feet tall? They're all afraid of him. They're all afraid of him. Now, this occurred so often, and the Jews in verse number 11, this is glass contenders should they, they, they uh, Goliath was actually Saul's tallest warrior, I suppose. Uh, Israel didn't have a man that, that, that big. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number uh, 9, verse number 2, from his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. He was a big man. Not only were his troops gripped by fear, so was Saul. Saul was scared. There was none to take up the giant's challenge. Saul wasn't going to do it. Saul was taller than his men. 
head and shoulders. Can you imagine men standing up around here with with me? I have men standing up here with me, and and they're all about about to come to my shoulder. And here I am, taller than the rest of them. That's Saul, big man. Well, <clears throat> David enters in in First Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 12. We see here the scene shifts from the battlefront to the quiet hamlet of Bethlehem. At home, in verses 12 through 15 of Jesse, Jesse had eight sons. The three older boys, Elab, Abinadab, and Shemaiah, were off with Saul to battle. And David had been traveling back and forth between Saul and his father's flock, David on leave apparently knew nothing of the Philistine conflict. In verse number 8, choose you out a man. Now David didn't know anything about that. And then With the soldiers in verse 17 through 30, Jesse knew of the events of the Valley of Elah. Too old to travel himself and anxious about his boys' welfare, he sent David to see how they were. And David's mission to see about his brothers took him to the battle line where he found his brothers. And while talking with them, lo and behold, old Goliath comes out across the battlefield, across the valley out there, he made his daily appearance. Choose you out a man. As usual, the Israelites retreated in fear. If I had been there, I'd been one of the retreaters, I'm sure. You see that there? In uh, verse 24, the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Well, I would be too. But David's curiosity, oh my, now notice this, prompted him to ask in verse number 26, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? 
Boy, he's bold in that, isn't he? David's oldest brother heard that. And he became angry with him. And verse number 28, and accused him of shirking his responsibility with the flock back home. You're not taking care of the, the flock back home like you should. And without defending himself, in verse number 30, David continued asking his questions. Then I want you to notice that Saul, who neglected his responsibility, had offered an incentive to anyone who would do his job of facing the Philistine champion. The incentive included financial reward. In verse number 25, not only financial reward, marry the king's daughter, and freedom from taxation for your father's house. I don't know about you, but let me tell you something, folks. That's a lot. That's a lot of reward. Notice that uh, this is a great incentive here for David. So, Confidently, the youthful David <coughs> David told Saul that no one's heart should fail them on the giant's account. He'll take care of the giant. Now David's offer to fight Goliath in countered resistance from King Saul a little bit in verse 33 when Saul said thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him thou but a youth you can't go against him you, you're just a young man yeah yeah, you're just a kid. But David uh, remembered that he had some previous experience. He kind of been down this road before. David reported that on different occasions while protecting his father's sheep, he had been attacked by a lion. And he killed the lion. Been attacked by a bear. He killed the bear. Killed both of them. And to him, the Philistine was no greater challenge than a lion or a bear. 
I thought to myself, if I was going to have to fight a lion or a bear or a big old man, which would I rather fight? I believe I'd rather fight the man. I don't think I could handle the lion. I don't think I'd handle the bear. David thought that man, that giant was nothing. If he take care of that lion and he take care of that bear, this man, he's no problem. David had, you see here, he had optimistic faith. He put it on the line in verse 37. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. He did it before and He will do it again. He's very confident. Paws, hands, it made no difference with Him when God occupied the front edge of his perspective it don't make any difference whether you got paws or if you got hands it doesn't make any difference boy isn't that something else that's optimistic faith he's believing that God can handle it God will do it so God, Saul gave in in verse 38 and he armed David with his own cumbersome material called armor and tried to send David off. Only the problem was Saul's a bigger man David's short man he got this armor on. And he can't move in this mess. He said, I, I can't walk in this mess. We got to take it off. He couldn't walk in it, so he took the armor off so he could fight on his own way. Fight as God was leading him. David's trust was not in armor. David's trust was in the Lord. David's trust was in the might of the Lord. God is able. God is able. So David's trusting the Lord. So we find now Goliath the dwarf. Now, in verse 40 through 54. It's, the encounter is brief and it's brilliant. Warming up in verses 40 through 45, the young Israelite went down the slope, down the brook, chose five smooth stones with stones as ammunition. He rushed to the Philistine. 
I want you to notice that he chose not a handful of stones, chose five. Now why he chose five, I don't know. I got a feeling he, he knew he only needed one. But nonetheless, just to make sure, one, two, three, four, five, put them in his pocket. There's five stones now, and he goes out to meet Goliath, and that's all he has. And then look in verses 46 and 47. First declared his objective in verse 46. The Lord will deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. Uh, David tells that to the giant. David remember now he's got a sling in his hand. He got five stones in his pocket. The Lord will deliver you in my hand will take your head off of me. He doesn't even have a sword. Doesn't have a sword, but nonetheless he's threatening to take the man's head from him. Then he announced his philosophy in verse 47. The Lord saveth not with sword and with spear, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. He's talking to the Philistine. The Lord will give you into our hands. Now then wrapping it up here in verse 48 through 51. David hastened. In verse 48 ran toward the army to meet the Philistine and David put his hand in his bag I called it a pocket a while ago but it's easy. put his hand in his bag and he took thence a stone I don't know what that that thing was like that he had He took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine's head that the stone sunk into his forehead. My brethren, I'm the opinion some of you men rather strong. But if you had a rock, stone, I'm talking about something you probably hold in your hand, something that you could, and then you could take that thing 
and throw it at somebody. If you take stone and throw it, and if you were able to actually hit me, if you take your stone and you throw it, and you actually hit me, I probably, knowing me, I'd probably fall right down. And I would be dead. He took that stone and he threw that thing. And he got him. He hit him hard enough that that stone didn't just hit and then bounce off. He hit him so hard that that stone actually sunk into his head. Brother Wade, if I were to take a stone and at this distance and throw it at you as hard as I can, and if I could actually hit you, I got it, all it would do is just bounce off and you probably pass out. <laughs> but all I did was take this bounce off. This stone that, that David threw at that giant, he threw it so hard it hit him about like a bullet. It sunk into his head. Brother David, that's hard. That's hard. It sunk into his head. Let me tell you something. Folks, David wasn't playing, uh, 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 playing games here. He's dead serious about this. It sunk into his head. <coughs> he meant business when he hit him with this rock, <coughs> with this stone. And the giant, after falling down, was decapitated by David with the giant's own sword. David didn't have a sword. David hit him with that rock. It sunk into his head. And brother, let me tell you something. You get, you get a rock hit you that's so hard and it actually it penetrates the skull and goes into your head. You're down. And in this case, your head's gone. The Philistines fled. And the Israelites pursued, catching up with them. And the Israelites annihilated Goliath's fellow warriors. The giant's head David took to Jerusalem. Goliath's sword he took to his tent as a trophy. 
of the battle that the Lord had won. We all have giants of various kinds in our life. Nevertheless, they are significant to us. But we must keep in mind, facing giants is an intimidating experience. Oh, is it ever an intimidating experience? Facing a, uh, facing a giant. Who wants to face a giant? I, I'm not interested in it. But we all have them in our life. May God help us to depend on the Lord. The main thing the Lord that David was doing, <coughs> trusting the Lord. <coughs> trusting the Lord. And that's what we need to do day by day, all day to day. May God help us trust the Lord. Let's all stand and draw the David's hands and you lead us as they're closing the prayer. <coughs> Our most kind and gracious, Almighty Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Brother King. We thank you for the word that you brought. Father, we know we will have challenges. Maybe some challenges that are going to be too big for us, but they're not too big for you. And Lord, we know that each of these challenges are going to make us stronger. And with your help, it'll help us increase our faith in you. Father, be with us the rest of this day and bring us back again at the next appointed hour. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 <clears throat>